Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So for context, I grew up in the suburbs and outside of the occasional play park or sports field, there was really nothing to do. Me and my neighbours used to play knock and run, or its other name, Ding Dong Ditch. For context, I have a sister who is a year younger than me, and my neighbour James was the same age as me. His older sister was 14 at the time, and she also played with us from time to time. Although, I think that she just wanted to hang out with my sister, whom she thought was cute. I was admittedly the biggest coward in the group, and... To this day, my flight instinct is significantly stronger than my fight instinct, so I would never ring the doorbell as I would always find a way to wiggle out of it. I always found watching it more entertaining than doing it, I suppose. On this particular afternoon, my cousins came over. One of my cousins was my age, the other was a few years younger than me and couldn't play with us, and the other was a year older than me, but everyone treated him like he was an adult even though he was only 11, which was weird. Or at least, that's how I perceived it, I guess. But his name was Daniel, and he is somewhat important to this story. I'm not a reliable storyteller by any means, as it has been almost 10 years since these events, but I'll try my hardest to remember them. Anyway, here's what happened. So, my cousins came over, and we were banished outside to play, and we all decided that knock and run was a good idea. But we usually just played around our immediate street, never venturing further than the next street over out of fear of getting lost in the copy and pasted suburban streets. But we made our way up the street to the play park on top of the hill. It sat where a house could have been and somewhat could cut across into and onto the next road. As we sat on the play equipment, we decided that a vote should decide who knocked first, and of course, I was picked. I remember getting myself out of it, and I got my older cousin to take my place. I am thankful that he was and is proud as he is. It helped me get out of a lot of situations. We decided that our first target would be the fanciest looking house in the area, 
a white marble house with a fountain in the front yard and a curved driveway. I remember sitting next to a car. I was small enough to look under it from the curb, and I had a clear view of my cousin sneaking up to the door and ringing the doorbell three times in order to get the attention of whoever was inside, and he bolted down the pathway towards the street to hide behind the cars. But before he got to the fence, an older man in a black leather apron with what I assumed was paint came sprinting after him. I immediately knew that something was wrong. This wasn't the usual response to a knock and run. Sure, we've encountered some angry people before, but this was something different. He practically flew down the walkway towards Daniel and threw his hand out to grab him. This didn't feel like anything someone his age could do, in fact, and it scared all of us a lot. I think I might have been the only one with a clear view of what was going on in the end, which meant that I was the first to see what was happening. It wasn't until the man was practically on top of Daniel that he noticed that he was being chased, and the scream that he made when he realized will always stick with me. As I said at the start of this, Daniel was and is still a very proud person who will always try to prove himself. So hearing this scream of pure terror really struck at my core. Everyone was clued in at this point as to what was happening. Daniel didn't open the waist-high gate at the end of the path. He just jumped it, which I think ultimately saved him from getting hurt as the old man had taken a second to open it. Daniel was sprinting down the street as fast as I had ever seen him. The guy was yelling at him and he had a deep and angry voice, which did actually stop Daniel in his tracks. They were both standing in the middle of the road at this point, reminding me of sort of an old western movie when two cowboys would be standing at either end of the main road. The man marched straight up into Daniel's face and I could finally get a good look at him. His skin resembled rough leather and the few strands of hair on his head had long since grayed. He was clean shaven and he was wearing white pants, a white button up and a black leather apron that had what I rationalized as red paint on it. After he was maybe a half a foot from Daniel, he started to berate him and I could only make out the words, sick people in there. Everything about this man threw me off and I could see my neighbor and my other cousin who was hiding in the bushes felt the same. My neighbor's older sister, whom I'll call Tay, screamed out at him from the other side of the road, which gave Daniel the opportunity to run as fast as he could away from the man. We all ran at this point. I don't think I or anyone else knew where we were running off to, but I found myself in the car park of the shopping center across the road from me. I waited there for maybe 30 minutes, just watching cars come in and out, feeling safer with a large group of people. I had no idea at the time if he chased one of us, but I knew that I was safe. I made my way back to my house and found that I was the last one to return, apparently. My cousin Daniel, he ran straight home and Tay followed him. My other cousin and neighbor ran around the suburbs for a bit before deciding to go home. My mum was missing when I got home and I realized that she had been told about what had happened. My mother is someone who isn't afraid of protecting her own and she is one of the strongest people that I know so I felt pretty safe that she was aware and was off telling him to get lost but when she got back she seemed a bit off. She didn't want to talk about it or anything and 
any color from her face had completely drained. We slept at my neighbor's house that night because my mum wanted to talk to my dad about something serious and I think that we all knew what it was about. Nothing really happened for a while after that too. Not for a while anyway, but my mum was a lot more protective, I guess, of what we did outside. We were no longer allowed to play knock and run or go up the road without a parent. It really bugged my sister, who loved to play outside, but I don't think she fully understood what actually happened. But before I get on to the next set of events, I think it's important to address some things. I know that we were the ones who originally disturbed him. Look, I get that, but I think it's important to know about how this all sort of kicked off. First things first too, I did promise some people that I would ask my mum what the old man had told her that last night at dinner and I did manage to do so. She was surprised that I remembered what happened and tried to sweep it under the rug initially, but I kept pressing her for answers. I'm not proud of pressuring my mother into talking to me about something like this, but I guess curiosity got the better of me. I know that it isn't an excuse, but I feel somewhat justified by my actions, I guess. Anyway, after I pressed her for more answers, she grabbed my arm and led me to my room before placing me on my bed. She sat next to me and told me not to repeat anything of what she was about to say to my sister, my cousins, or anyone else who was involved with this man throughout that year. She finally opened up about how she was sitting at home watching TV when she heard a loud knock on the front door. It was my cousin Daniel and my neighbor Tay who looked terrified and exhausted. After letting them in and grilling them for answers, my mum was rightfully pretty ticked off that someone had spoken to them in such a way and so she got up to go and confront the man and on her way out, my other cousin and neighbor arrived whom she also sent inside. She was initially concerned about where I was, but Daniel made it clear that I ran in the opposite direction of the man and that he would go looking for me, which he didn't in the end. My mum made her way up the play park and saw the man pacing back and forth up and down in his driveway. He didn't seem angry or upset, I guess. He apparently didn't seem like anything besides someone marching back and forth, which took my mother's mood from enraged to sort of confused. She walked up to the front gate and let herself in, which made the man almost stop immediately and stare at her. I'm surprised that she didn't turn back and go home at this point, because that's what I and what I imagine anyone would have done. But as I said before, I am a bit of a coward after all, so yeah, there is that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Anyway, the man marched up to my mum and started to berate with her about trespassing on his property, which she met by berating him about terrifying some kids. This apparently went on for a couple of minutes before he said something that honestly terrified her. My mum didn't say exactly what he said because she said that she was trying to forget it, but he said something along the lines of, I'll show both of you what it feels like to have somebody on your property when you don't want them there, and then I'll shut those kids up forever. He also tried to grab her at that point, but she quickly moved away and left his yard, swiftly walking back home, and this really affected my mum. But that was the answer that I got from her. I gave her a hug and apologized for pressing her to tell me, and we got back to dinner shortly after this. I don't regret her telling me, but... It just feels like knowing the end of a movie and seeing all of the hints leading up to it, I guess. Recontextualizing a lot of stuff. But anyway, it had been about a month, maybe a month and a half since the first initial incident with the man. We hadn't seen him since then. And I had pretty much forgotten about it until I went to the shops one day. My parents had started to let me go to the shops by myself to grab little things for them. I was young at the time and the shops were across the road from me, so getting there wasn't really an issue. But one day, my dad asked me to go and grab a loaf of bread for him. He gave me a $2 coin and sent me on my way to the shops. I was getting used to doing this on my own and enjoying my independence a bit. I grabbed the bread, which was on the far side of the large supermarket, and made my way towards the registers. I stopped by the toy aisle and took a look at all the low-quality mass-produced action figures that I desperately wanted at that time. This was part of my routine. In fact, even now if I wanted something but didn't have money to get it, I would just take a look at it. But on this occasion, honestly, I really wish that I would have just continued on to the registers. Because I felt two hands push me to the ground from my left. I was shocked for a moment as I didn't fully know what had just happened. The sticky and dusty floor beneath me really hurt. It took me a second to look at my attacker and when I did, I immediately knew that something was very wrong. It was the old man from up the road. He had found me in the place that I had initially hid from him just a month prior. He started to shout at me but I really couldn't understand what he was saying. I don't know if it was the adrenaline ringing in my ears or his rage just taking over, but the tone in which he was shouting shook me. I tried to get up and run. When I planted my foot on the ground to get up, he kicked it from below me, which made me fall back onto the ground. 
Thank the Lord that a staff member arrived at this point. They must have heard his shouting from across the store and came to check on what was happening. I never got a good look at the staff member, but I am thankful for whoever they are. As I got up to run with the loaf of bread in my hand, I could hear the man reacting to me getting away and it took everything in me to not look behind me to look at him, but I knew that he was absolutely furious just based off of his tone. I ran straight out of the store with the bread without realizing it and I almost threw up from all of the emotions. I told my parents when I got home and they both made it clear that I wouldn't be going on any shopping trips by myself from here on out. However, they didn't think about how me and my sister walked together to school, which in hindsight should have been something that they thought of. Now, the trip to my school wasn't a long one by any means. It was just over a kilometer long or just over half a mile, but the trip was still tough on my small legs. There were quite a few hills which added time to our trip there and the path went along a sort of creek with nothing around it. It was actually quite nice and pretty isolated, which honestly helped me relax my mind after school a lot. But not long after the supermarket incident, me and my sister were walking home from school and just made our way to the beginning of the path along the creek when we saw an SUV that had been parked there for what I assumed had been a while. I thought that it was empty initially, but as you can probably guess, it wasn't. We turned to enter the creek when the SUV car door opened and we heard someone shouting at us like, hey, do you guys want to drive home? Instantly, I recognized that voice too. It was the man. My sister, who was always trusting of others, started to walk towards the truck, but I quickly held her back. What's wrong? The man said in a cheerful tone. This was very different from the unintelligible screaming from just the week before, and I obviously wanted nothing to do with this man. I quickly started to lead my sister towards the creek, and the man quickly scooted over towards the door. Wait up, I'll walk you home, he said. I should have run up the hill towards the school, but instead I started to sprint down the creek. Looking back at this, I feel really stupid for doing this. Daniel was faster than me and the man had been able to catch up with him in seconds, but for some reason he didn't leave his truck. All I heard was another unintelligible scream and his truck driving away. My sister was beyond angry that we didn't get a ride home and that we had to walk, but I didn't care. She and I were safe and so we continued walking along the path thinking back on it, the path was beautiful and connected on either side to small quiet streets, the perfect in-between of isolation. Sadly, my young mind didn't realize that the creek opened to two quiet streets and so when I saw that same silver SUV on the street at the end of the path, I just froze. What could I have done? I felt powerless and had to take care of my sister who was only now figuring out that this man may not actually have good intentions. I decided that the best course of action was to cross the creek and walk through the bushes to the other side. This was a beyond dangerous idea as there were slippery rocks, animals and running water as well. This very easily could have injured or even killed us but somehow we managed. 
We climbed over logs of wood and under tree branches, through prickly bushes and through large plants, but we managed to do it and cross over to the other road that we followed towards the main road, which took us home. Now, obviously those two SUVs, they could have been different, but at the time I remember that I was absolutely certain that they were the same. And even now, I'm not 100% sure if they were actually different. I only found out about this later, but my parents got the police involved at this point. But based on the fact that more stuff had happened, I'm going to say that they probably didn't do much. There were a few other things that happened throughout this time too, like mail being stolen, our bins being pushed over, the front door knocking at early hours of the morning that we knew was him although we really didn't have any real proof. But the last thing that I'll bring up before I end this is something that I'm not 100% sure was a dream or not. For context, my dad used to have campouts with me and my sister. We would sleep out on the couch and my dad would sleep on a mattress on the floor. The couches that we would sleep on were right next to the front door in the living room and we would watch movies with pizza or some other type of takeaway. It was really fun and I remember those nights fondly, but one particular night will stick with me forever. Everyone else had gone to sleep at this point and Naruto was on. I hadn't watched or read Naruto at that point, but I recognized the characters. I was sitting directly next to the large window that sort of looked out into the driveway. I was just enjoying doing nothing when I saw some movement out on the driveway. I looked out there and there he was walking up to our front door, wearing his white pants and white button-up t-shirt. He was staring directly at our front door with such focus that it felt like nothing would break it. But something did, and it was me. He looked at me, and I could see in his eyes that it was sort of funny to him. He simply held his hand up, waved at me, and then placed one finger on his mouth as if he were telling me to shush, and then he jogged away. I surprisingly fell asleep not long after this, and for the longest time I thought that it was a dream, until I read all of Naruto and recognized the scene that I remember playing. It was then that I realized that it might not actually have been a dream, and that he might have been attempting something, and after what my mum had told me, I think I know what he was trying to do. My old house was always creepy. I remember at a very young age, about six years old, being super excited as a vicar was coming around to talk with my mother. She suffered severe mental health all her life and, at the time, was looking to religion for help. Unfortunately for me, his visit was after my bedtime, but I couldn't sleep. In hope that I'd be allowed downstairs, I was just one of those kids that always wanted to meet new people. Eventually, I heard someone walking up the stairs. The house was very old and very creaky, and towards my bedroom. My bedroom door opened, and I listened as the floorboards made their usual noise as someone was walking across my bedroom, but there was nobody there. I had a nightlight on in my room, so I could see very well. That sort of thing would happen quite often, usually just opening my bedroom door and the feeling of being watched. 
I can't say that I was scared back then, but I did realize that it was strange. Fairly uneventful experiences until 1995, and then I remember it like it was yesterday. Now, I was 15 years old and home alone. My parents had long since divorced. My dad, who I lived with, was spending the night with my now stepmother, who lived two streets away. We were moving from the house and I was packing up my bedroom. It should have been anyway, but basically I was watching wrestling. At about midnight, I went to bed, was reading a magazine, and suddenly I felt the most awful fear and became extremely nauseous. My dog and cat were in the bedroom with me. My dog began hysterically whining and barking at the whole room. She even peed on the floor, which she never did. My cat was in the windowsill with her face pressed against the curtain and was crying pitifully. I suddenly realized I was being watched from the corner of the room as my dog barked and backed off of that part of the room. I couldn't even lift my head to look as the fear was disabling to me, but eventually I was able to get up and run for it. The worst part of it all was I felt this presence right behind me. I got to the front room and rang my father that he needed to get here very fast. I was terrified beyond words with this unexplainable feeling of fear of being stared at. It was actually sort of painful. I know it makes no sense now, but that's how it felt at the time. I don't know how I managed to unlock the front door and run into the street and fell into the middle of the road, all the time being watched by something which was now in the doorway staring. What it looked like, I have no idea. It's like my brain just never put two and two together. My poor dog, though, was stuck halfway on the stairs, crying and terrified. As my dad arrived, he was able to go and get her, and I never went back into that house ever again after that. My dad talked to me the next day and said that his experiences in that house were pretty bad, too. For instance, he'd always nag me to hold the banister coming downstairs. He told me the reason being that he'd often be grabbed and tripped. He said upstairs of the house was by far the worst, and he never mentioned it to me as he didn't want to scare me. There was also this reoccurring dream as well. I'd say that it started a year or so after leaving the house, 1996-ish. It started with me coming home from school, sunny day, feeling very happy, going into the front room of the house and everything seems good. Then I walk towards the back of the house into the kitchen and it's heavily raining and getting very dark outside. I now head outside in the garden and there's a storm outside. I'm getting absolutely drenched and the wind is hammering me and I suddenly realize that I'm sobbing uncontrollably. Then this feeling overcomes me. I'm facing away from the house and I can feel that I'm being watched from my bedroom window. My bedroom window looked out towards the garden. I finally brace myself and get the courage and turn towards the house to look at this thing. And each time I would always wake up. But about 15 years ago, I'd usually have this dream like two or three times a month. I had the dream again. I turned around. And this time, I made eye contact and saw that... It was the same face that had chased me out of the house all those years ago. I woke up and 
I instantly forgot the face and that was the last, that was the last time that I ever had that dream. I never experienced anything like this since and to be honest I really hope that I never do. It was terrifying and I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. So I recently started working at a 911 dispatcher at a police department in Oklahoma and I really love it. Tonight one of my co-workers was talking to me about ghosts and I told him that I didn't really believe in them. And he said, oh you will. And later on that night, it was about 3am, the 911 phone rings. This is not a landline, it only answers and rings for 911. He says, come and get this phone. So I do. I answer the call and immediately I hear heavy breathing. I proceed to ask if they can hear me, who is calling and after 43 seconds they hang up. He laughs and turns and points to the map. This phone number was a landline and was plotted in the middle of an old base camp cemetery just outside of town. Nobody lives within five miles of this place. The mapping on 911 landlines is always within five inches of the caller. It's really accurate. He then told me to redial the number. I did and the number is not available. He then proceeds to tell me that this happens every night. The supervising officer came in and I asked him how long this had happened and he said every night for at least 23 years. That's how long he's been there for anyway. They used to send officers out apparently but it's gated and they've checked everything and there's nobody there. So somebody calls 911 from an abandoned cemetery every night from a landline number that isn't available for over 20 years? This is real too. I'm not kidding. I saw and heard this happen tonight even and I'm in shock. No way a prank has gone on this long. There's no way that a landline cord reaches five miles in length to even reach the cemetery. The calls change times too. Like tonight it was at 3.07am but it ranges from midnight to 4am every single night. This is an abandoned burial ground mind you so... There's really nothing there. If you've got any explanations for this, then I'm all ears because this whole thing just seems absolutely crazy to me. This happened to me just this morning and while I don't know if this is a really big deal, I have a bit of a hunch that it might be. So I walk to the bus stop every morning to go to work at around 6 in the morning and today was a particularly dark morning. It was freezing and it had been raining. My street is the last one in the neighborhood. Behind my street is just the woods, no houses or street or anything. And for the seven months that I've been working there, no one in my street really goes out to work at the same time as me. Only one guy in the next street that sometimes goes out in a hurry. Today though, I was walking, just had crossed my street, and all of a sudden I hear a noise not too far from me. When I turn back, there's like an older guy, I'm female and 23, trying to walk silently behind me. He doesn't look like he's going to work, 
He has no backpack with him and not even an umbrella. It was raining. Apparently, he got out onto my own street at the exact same time as me. Like, maybe he was waiting for me to get out of the house. He was walking slowly, but when I started to walk faster, I looked behind me and he was walking faster too. So I kind of ran a little, terrified with my little taser that I always carry in my backpack, until I get to the bus stop where some guys always wait for the bus with me. I waited to see if the creep would show up in front of the bus stop. If he was going somewhere, he would have to pass the bus stop because there's really no other way to go out. But he never did. I guess he must have given up when I ran. The worst part about this, though, is that I do know that there's an old creep in my neighborhood that was apparently in jail for being a serial rapist in like the 90s. He served his sentence and today is a free man, but like last month he was asking my mum to take care of our garden and he kept creeping around the house when my dad was at work. I don't know if it was him today because it was dark, but he's the first one that came to mind and something tells me that it was him. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.